What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 40. Today with my guest Pablo Anton Diaz from the band Fellowcraft from down the road here in Washington, D.C. Fellowcraft is an indie prog metal band. Been at it a few years now and uh, Pablo is the guitar player. So we got along real well on that front, talking about all things guitar related, our heroes and influences and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, from the sound of it, fellow crap's been out there kicking ass for a couple years now, and uh, the last show before the shutdown was actually in uh, Mexico City with the likes of uh, Phil Anselmo, Deep Purple, Cavalera Brothers, just to name a few. Um, fellow Craft has a couple albums out now, and they're slowly releasing the new one, single by single. So we talked about that, um, specifically the song Coyote and the Desert Rose, which is related to crossing the U.S. border under some extreme austere conditions and hardships and everything that comes along with that. So that was heavy, and uh, I wanted to feature that song on this episode. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. In any case, if you are listening to this and your friends or fans of the band, thanks for supporting local music and uh, thanks for supporting the bands. Hopefully you're doing all right yourself, staying safe and sane, all that stuff. As always, if you happen to be in a local band and got new music coming out, always feel free to hit me up and we might be able to do an episode. Um, I should say, lastly, if you're one of the people who's been streaming dispensary kid uh by my band uh my eternal gratitude and thanks it seems to be kicking at least a mild amount of ass online better than i thought it would so thank you but uh anyway without further ado pablo from fellow craft For context, the first part of the interview got cut off, so we had to restart. So yeah, sorry about that. Um, no worries. Do you want to start from the beginning? Yeah, I kind of want to go back <sighs> to where you were talking about the studio shutting down. Everything before that was pretty much fine, I think. So, I mean, you guys were out on the road, you were touring, and uh, came back. Obviously, the virus hit, and then uh, it's harder to record. Yeah. The studio shuts down, so... Yeah, and we had to reschedule the session twice. <clears throat> but then finally August rolled along and we said, whatever, let's just do it. Um, and so we had our producer fly into uh, D.C. And uh, that was also kind of a, uh, a mess uh, because almost nobody was flying back then. And so um, he didn't have an easy experience flying here. He was actually... Um, detained at customs for a while because oh, wow. uh, nobody was being like only I think like <clears throat> essential workers were being allowed inside the country back then um, Yeah. so he was detained for like six hours but then they finally let him through and the next morning uh, we just went into the studio and the entire recording took four days which were basically 
almost 24 hour days of just like working and recording as much as possible. But the experience of it was like pretty cool because um, I think in a way um, the record came out even better than it would have if we would have kept our original recording date back in March. Just because yeah. we we didn't do anything in between and we were just so frustrated and so angered by everything that was happening and just being locked at home and, and all of our plans going through the window. And so <clears throat> so being able to go into the studio was, was a pretty cathartic experience. I think we definitely poured ourselves into the recording and it ended up, so, it ended up sounding amazing. And um, we were pretty lucky to work with a, like a talented world-renowned producer who helped us make the best of the equipment we had and make the best out of the studio that we recorded, which was Ivacoda here in Capitol Hill. And um, yeah. everything just sounded amazing. The drums sounded huge. Like, like um, yeah. it's something that we're quite proud of that there's actually, we use no triggers in recording the drums. Those are all like the raw drums. There were, there was no programming, no triggers, no anything. Awesome. And they still yeah. sound huge. And, um, and also, a few of the songs came together during quarantine because we kept we kept writing material. We kept like exchanging, like recording it on GarageBand and then sharing it with the rest of the band and have the rest of the band yeah. add, add their parts, um, uh, basically remotely, and, and it worked out pretty well. And we're quite quite proud of the of the results. Um, the band has been lucky enough to be consistently growing. Uh, in the past couple of years since we joined. Because the band, I mean, has been around for six years. Um, it, uh, it started okay. back in 2014. But back then it was just a power yeah. trio that used to play like, I don't know, like uh, cover gigs at different bars in the city. And then from there it started growing. And then when the drummer, the original drummer quit, that's when JR, the singer, invited me and Zach, uh, who's the new drummer, uh, to join the fold and ever since we joined we we kind of like changed the aesthetic of the band a little bit we also changed uh the sound of the band so it, yeah. used, it used to be more of a blues like if you listen to some of the earlier stuff that's there on spotify mm -hmm. it's more like a blues rock type of um uh yeah uh type of vibe but um yeah because of the influences that we had we've turned it more into kind of like an alternative metal or kind of like even progressive rock uh, band yeah. so it's i mean w we've been getting a lot of positive feedback like i said we were already touring um uh we were playing a festival actually like the the day that the quarantine started uh we were at a open air festival and we were where we got to share the stage with oh, yeah. static x and phil anselmo and Deep Purple, oh wow, and a couple of other really big bands. And Where was that? <clears throat> that was in Mexico City. Uh, oh wow! It's a festival called the Hell and Heaven Fest, and uh, yeah. Luckily, we we played during because it was a two-day festival, and we played the first day. But we were scheduled to uh, stay or stick around there uh, for the second day, and then when things shut down, we just had to like immediately try to change our flights and run home as soon as mm. possible. Yeah. And that was actually on on the Sunday, Sunday March fifteenth, that we that we got a chance to fly back because on Monday everything shut down, so it's yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. 
but it was a cool experience. I, yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, those are some big names for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess I have a, a couple questions based on all that. Um, just to confirm, you were talking about the uh, latest release that you guys put out, which was uh, Make No Sound and uh, I Will Not Accept <clears throat> the Truth. Yeah, well, well, all of these singles, and that's also something that happened yeah. due, due to um, quarantine, because right now there's no shows. And so what we thought is like, usually what we would have done is just put out one or two singles and then release the whole album. Yeah. But because we, we didn't have much going on, we, we thought of, of the idea of like, let's just, let's just release more singles and space it out. So, so we ended up deciding out of the nine songs that are going to be in the full album, we made the decision to release five singles and just space them out and release like one at a time every yeah. month. So between now and March, when which is when the the full album is being released, we're releasing one single every month, and we're doing like we're trying to do the best in like heavily promoting each single in, individually. Yeah, we recorded a couple of uh, 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 music videos, one of which is for "I Will Not Accept the Truth," and it's already out on YouTube. Um, awesome. And then for the next single, which we will will be releasing. In January, like mid-January, we have another really cool video coming out. That was actually a video that we shot um, at this festival, and it was meant to be. At first, it was meant to be just like a an after movie for the festival. But when everything happened, we just decided to repackage it and repurpose it as a music video, and it came out really pretty awesome. And we're really excited about it. And ever since, we've just uh, we've been lucky enough to start getting press. Uh, for our release awesome. and promos, and 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 so our, our our listener count is growing, has grown significantly on Spotify. So it's not all bad. Like we're we're just trying to stay busy, you know, man. And we're we're trying to not let the yeah. project die and keep it uh, keep it on on the ICU <laughs> alive and well <laughs> until we can yeah get back I mean, out there. These aren't the greatest of times, obviously, but I mean, in some ways I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I use the time to record a new EP and just, you know, release it song by song like you're talking about. Um, but uh, where are you from, actually? Uh, well, the entire band is based out of here, out of Washington, D.C., but I'm originally from Mexico. Uh, okay. I've been here in the States for eight years, maybe. Um, yeah. And... Just like everybody else in D.C., I ended up here because of work. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> um, are you familiar at all with Sepultura then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course. Yeah. They're amazing. Uh, they, they, they actually played at this festival that we were in, so we, we, we got a chance to meet them backstage. They weren't playing at oh, Sepultura. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it was, I don't know if you're... Uh, the the Cavalera Brothers? Exactly. It was the Cavalera Brothers yeah. that have a project called Roots. They're basically doing like the twentieth and twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary of the Roots record and yeah. just playing the, the the record in its entirety, and um, and yeah, they're, they're amazing guys and they still they still kill it on stage. It was, oh yeah, yeah. It, it was, I've I've definitely been in a couple of their mosh pits. It's <clears throat> so much fun, very violent, but uh, as long as you survive, <laughs> it's always a good show. Yeah. Um, is that kind of what you grew up listening to? I mean, like the, the er, I guess it would be like early 90s, you know, metal, hard rock, power metal, groove metal. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm in my mid thirties now, so yeah, I grew up with like, I grew up listening to all of like the greats from the late eighties, yeah. early nineties in terms of hard rock and metal. It was a great era for metal, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I sort of like diverted more into more extreme. Oh, cool. <laughs> got the Dean here. For context, I was holding up my Dean ML guitar. That's awesome. That's a that's the same Dean that uh, Cavalera plays, actually. The same model. Oh yeah, got the dime guitar now. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But I think he has a Brazilian flag on it. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. And um, yeah, all of that. But then I got more into like progressive metal and black metal and doom metal. So I like so yeah. like went down the rabbit hole further. Were you in? And then any bands in Mexico or was there a scene there in Mexico City? Oh yeah, it's a really cool scene. Yeah, and actually it's uh, a metal is thriving and alive and well down there. Like like they're they're like yeah. definitely there's not much of a metal scene left here in DC definitely and in the states I think it's kind of withered down from where it was like a decade ago, even though there's still like yeah. some pockets in like Florida. Or like um, certain parts in the south, or in even California, where it's still alive and well. It's usually not as trendy as it was before. But in Mexico, it's alive and well. Mexico has like maybe like four or five massive metal festivals each year. We've been lucky yeah. lucky enough to already play a couple, and we were just announced. We were just confirmed to play another metal festival there on 2021 October. It's called the Mexico Metal Fest. Um, in northern Mexico in Monterrey and this one's going to have yeah. a bunch of other really cool big bands as well so we're really looking forward to we're really looking forward to playing more festivals yeah. once it ha- this ends man like but yeah well, congrats I mean it definitely sounds like you're on the right track <clears throat> for sure yeah we've been so. we've been lucky enough and it sort of happened accidentally I, I think just because I'm I'm the only metalhead in the group the other guys are more oh, yeah yeah, the the other guys are more into like, I guess normal rock, maybe grunge, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that. But I, uh, maybe because inadvertently because I'm, I'm the main songwriter as far as music goes. Most of my my ideas are more geared towards metal, and we nat- yeah. naturally got put into that genre, and and we were able to tap into that market, um, without even planning to do so but but it's it's great yeah. news that it happens and it, it's it's been a great journey and, and we want to keep it going you know i'm i've i couldn't be happier like this is exactly the type of music that i want to be playing and it's exactly the type of audiences that i want to be reaching with my music so it's it's perfect yeah well, i think <clears> it shows man there's some uh there's some solid riffage there some solid leads i mean it's guitar oriented and like I was showing you my guitar a second ago. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guitar player first and foremost. So I, I hear that usually before I hear anything else in, in a song. And, uh, that's cool, man. Got some cool, cool stuff going on. Thanks, man. And, uh, like also, um, on that song I mentioned before the, the coyote and the desert rose, um, I thought it was kind of interesting that your singer went off and did like some spoken word stuff in that song as well to kind of give it that extra i don't know 
something that stands out. Yeah, I he's really. So yeah, sorry. I've experimented with doing that a little bit myself, and I think it, it's cool when people do that. Absolutely, it, it's very dramatic, right? It's like um, yeah, it really stands out, and it can be a hit or a miss because I've heard some spoken words in songs that I'm like, ooh, this isn't. Isn't this isn't here hitting the right note? But um, yeah. I think he does it beautifully. He's a great lyricist, probably the best lyricist that I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, he yeah. just can really convey, can really paint a, a picture of, of a particular scene, and then perfectly convey what is kind of like the emotion that is associated with that scene. So with Coyote, yeah. the story that he wrote was about. A couple of friends that uh, a couple of friends from Central America that basically are making the journey through the desert to try to like illegally mm -hmm. cross into the U.S. and basically all of the hardships that they're going through and how badly they've been treated and and one of them dies and then the other guy has to just bury him in the desert. Wow! And it just speaks to the power um, of human will to. To progress to something better and and trying to put your shoes in try trying to put yourself in, in somebody's shoes who imagine how bad them they must have it wherever they're coming yeah. from if they'd rather come here and 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 deal with this and, and still be okay with that yeah that's heavy i think it translates to the song really well for sure thanks man um, and uh like i said you holding it down on the on the riff end of things you know you got a, some good tone going, and uh, I don't know. It's almost like a little Zach Wildy, like uh, <laughs> it's a real fat, meaty tone as a guitar player. I can say. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, but, uh, appreciate it, that. It a works lot. for metal. Appreciate yeah, that. You don't have a lot of those, a lot of those mids in there. It's usually where us metal players we drop those out, and then yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You got a real good tone. Um, like which guitar players in particular do you think you kind of modeled you're playing after or like learned a lot of i think the guitar players that i admire the most i really admire for example um well i guess i grew up listening to joe satriani ever since i was like maybe six or seven years old i mean i remember yeah asking like santa claus for joe satriani's new album and new cd uh for christmas and so I think a lot of his phrasing style and the way that he constructs a melody in his solos is something that I naturally gravitate towards just because it's what I've been, yeah. it's what I heard most of my childhood. Um, but then I'm also, I've also been getting like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but like when you're, when you're a teenager, there's nothing more impressive than somebody shredding like freaking oh, yeah. like 64 notes per beat or something like that like just right. like the, 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 the just play as fast <clears throat> as you can exactly the faster the better and yeah. it's even more impressive yeah. and and that's when you see guys like michelangelo barrio and you're like oh my god this guy is freaking god or sack wild also <laughs> who can like basically yeah. like uh rip the guitar apart but then i feel like as you mature as a musician and you grow older you start appreciating more the magic of and the power that a good guitar phrase can have and a good oh yeah um, like guitar melody line can have even if it's just one or two notes and so that's when you yeah, start I mean, appreciating could... more like david gilmore and eric clapton and yeah. guys like that 
I could talk about that all day. I mean, that's basically <clears throat> like I grew up on everything <clears throat> as far as the guitar players go. But you know, like Santana, for instance, can probably yeah. get like the most out of two notes out of any guitar player and you know even somebody like zach wilde he has a specific style of playing like you know a bend or something and you're like ah i think that's zach and like i don't know i I do focus on what you're saying like phrases in particular in my own stuff where i'm like more important to play something like memorable and almost like it or like it is a singer um at times rather than just trying to say okay well we can all shred we can all play pretty quick most of us anyway who've been playing a while but at a certain point it's like there's a time and place for that yep but we're not all here to like try and impress anybody or anything like that and i just want to play something yeah and and that's maybe why it's not in style anymore because i absolutely agree with what you just said like anybody if you practice five hours a day it doesn't matter who you are anybody can play fast anybody can play fast but like being able to actually convey an emotion and 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 make the audience feel what you are feeling in the moment that you're playing just yeah. with just with a, a very simple three or four note phrase that's where the real i think that that's yeah that's where the real craft is the, 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 that's where yeah the real artistry comes and I, i'm not saying that i've achieved that i don't think i have but it's definitely something that i'm striving for uh, with my playing as i grow older yeah, for sure. I spent uh, a pretty good amount of time being Slash in a cover band too, so I had to <laughs> had to learn all those licks. And I've seen him play a couple times live too. And I will say, man, like he can uh, he can wheel and deal. He can definitely he's got chops. But man, it's just like the certain licks they're just so tasty, they're so memorable. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's really what I think you want to go for. Absolutely. If you can. That bluesy type of jazzy licks. Yeah. That's why the the older I get, the more that I appreciate, for example, I I don't know who you think the best guitar player in the planet is right now, but I think it might be John Mayer. Like the more (laughs) I, even though I, if you would have told me in 2006 that I would have laughed in your face uh, back when he was singing My Body's a Wonderland and all those stuff. But like you see him now and, it's just impressive yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, he's like a hybrid of SRV. He's got a lot of blues in him. It's funny. I actually didn't appreciate him until he was on the uh, Chappelle show back in the day. He had a skit with Dave Chappelle, and he's like playing guitar or whatever in the hood. And uh, he's actually like really, really playing. Like it's not, it's no joke. Like I was like, wow, he's uh, he's not faking this. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> Yeah, and then I had to like kind of re-listen to his music and go like, wow, like he's even got a great talk of uh, when he goes back to Berkeley and, and talks to the kids in the audience about whatever it is uh, he was doing in the college days. And I don't know, it's pretty interesting you bring that up because I, you're right, he's pretty underrated. Yeah, I mean, and given that even Van Halen's dead now, it's like who else is left? You know, not a lot of people. Not a lot of people are picking up guitars nowadays, and that's a shame. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, when you think about these, like, legacy guitar brands going bankrupt, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Well, there's still people carrying the torch. You're one of them, for sure. Yeah, and you're uh, one of them, too. 
yeah, I try to in just my own small way, but I think uh, it's cool getting to meet other people who, you know, are in the same vein, and, you know, uh, because there weren't many shows, obviously, in the quarantine, like, I started doing this podcast <clears throat> to uh, kind of help people out and help the scene out, Yeah, and it's been fun, man, like, uh, I I thought that I knew a lot of, like, good local bands, but there's just so much talent out there, and there is a lot of music, but absolutely, I don't know. It's been cool, and it's very much appreciated, man. Because, like you say, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of outlets out there that will focus on the local scene and really yeah. give artists an uh, an outlet um, during this time. So, so thanks for that, man. That's very much appreciated. Yeah, man. Are, and um, are I you tell, are you in DC tell, or Baltimore? I'm closer to Baltimore. Okay, but I spend an equal amount of time in both areas, so I actually work in Virginia. Actually, so um, I don't know. I get around, but there is a halfway decent. Uh, I don't know scene here in Baltimore, and then uh, especially for the rock stuff. Oh yeah, the rock and punk and metal stuff, like the auto bar and everything else. Absolutely. Um, um I know. Uh, every time we go to Baltimore, we're, we're so impressed by it. We we want to be able to connect more with the Baltimore scene because it's really more the type. It's a scene that's more appreciative of the type of music that we play versus DC, for sure. Which is more yeah. into like pop and hip hop. Yeah. So yeah, so, I've almost never played in DC just because I don't know. It's hard to find a rock venue. There's the Black Cat, which really hosts like full mid-size to big-size touring bands and then obviously 930 but i don't know there's not as many smaller venues as there <clears> used to be yeah there's one i mean they're struggling right now and who knows if they're going to make it but like if you get a chance pie shop is an amazing venue uh for rock music yeah. uh out on h street and then atlas brewery i don't know if you know oh yeah i've been to atlas yeah, the metal shows at Atlas are amazing. They're always a lot of fun. And really? they bring really, really good extreme metal bands from the East Coast. I didn't Coast. know they had uh, metal shows at Atlas. That's interesting. Every Thursday before the pandemic and hopefully after yeah. as well. But yeah, every Thursday yeah, night, if you, if you don't have anything going on, go check out the metal shows there. Yeah, and I'll keep an eye out for your band as well if you guys get another booking there. Absolutely, man. So. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll be able to go up to Baltimore soon again, too. Last one we played was at uh, Fishhead Cantina this year, actually, oh, yeah. back in February. <laughs> and okay. that was a, an interesting show, for sure. Yeah. Um, that's funny because that's like my home bar. Mm. Like, I'm there playing music as often as I'm there, just drinking or whatever. And uh, if you get a good night there, they're mm. really appreciative of, like, metal and rock. It's one of the last few places outside of Baltimore that, like, will have harder music play, and you'll still get a crowd. We didn't have a great crowd when we played there. We probably had 60, yeah. 50, 60 people, uh, but we still had a lot of fun. So it was a cool yeah. experience. And, yeah, we're definitely down to go, go, come. Um, the guy that invited us to play there was um, Frank. Frank Everly, Everly probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely try to look into getting shows in Baltimore when it comes back. I mean, if you can get in at the Auto Bar, I don't know if you played there yet. Um, yeah, but a long time ago, like five years ago. Yeah. Okay. 
hopefully they they stay afloat um just like everybody else and then if you can sneak into a bill on sound uh, at baltimore soundstage that's always a good one too um yeah that'd be great it's a little bit bigger venue so it's a little bit harder to get that gig but hey man if you have if you have the contact of the booker please share it and we'll definitely try i don't i (laughs) it's funny the only time a couple of times i've played there i mean i could tell you how i got the gig which was through a booking agency that i think was based in ohio Mm. somehow okay so it didn't make a whole lot of sense and they were doing like uh it wasn't like a real show in the way I would classify it because it was like one of those things where it was like a battle of the bands. It was more like for a while there, they would book like 10 bands in oh, like wow. a day. So the, the show would start at like, I don't know, 3 PM and go to midnight or something. Wow. That's so cool. I got in a, on a couple of those, but I wouldn't say I'd necessarily recommend it other than just for fun. Um, if you want a real, pack show you're probably going to need to get in with another good band i would guess but you know doing stuff like this hopefully helps get your name out there um that's what we're trying for sure um and obviously you guys got good shit so um what's in the pipeline like as far as releasing these singles is it a full album's worth of songs or is it more like uh yeah, so we recorded nine songs, and uh, okay, like I said, we're releasing singles every month. So the next single we're releasing January twelfth, and that's gonna have a promo video um, to go with it. And then the next one is February fifth, and then we're dropping the full album on February twenty sixth. And then after okay. that, we yeah. ha- we have a live stream uh, scheduled for March second at DC nine. And then after that, we don't have anything else booked until this festival in October 2021. So hopefully okay. after that, we'll just wait for wait to get vaccinated. And then after that, we'll start trying to book more stuff as venues start yeah. reopening. Sounds good. I mean, I'm definitely going to plug um, your music video for one. <clears throat> and then uh, I guess the album date and then your, like, your last single. Um, I'll probably use the Coyote song. For this episode in particular but like i said it can kind of be whatever cool man um, yeah is there anything like i don't know you wanted to get into that i didn't bring up um usually i do kind of ask people like what they do outside of music for work since i kind of base this podcast about um the working musician per se not necessarily you know big famous rock stars or anything like that yeah yeah no well we definitely all have day jobs because yeah. there's no way that we could make it work without them. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, a, the singer is a consultant um, uh, for a geospatial company. Uh, the bass player is another consultant for a training company that does like training on different types of softwares. Uh, the drummer yeah. is a lobbyist. Uh, he works for a bio, bioenergy lobby firm. And then I yeah. work for a nonprofit, an international nonprofit here in DC. So yeah, yeah. That, that definitely keeps us busy nine to five. Yeah. But um, uh, I think that the band is what's keeping us 
emotionally healthy through these times, just being able to like have a carrot, yeah. uh, see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I don't think we have any other hobbies besides this. Like we just <laughs> go to work and then after yeah. that we play. That's all we do really. Yeah, it's cool. Do you guys still have a jam space that you can meet up at <laughs> or do you, has it been closed down? Well, we used to practice out of um, a, a pretty cool practice space here in D.C. called Seven Drum City. Um, but with the quarantine, yeah. that hasn't been possible. And so right now we're practicing out of our singer's basement. So for the time, I mean, yeah, we're still meeting at least once a week just to keep keep our chops. Yeah. And yeah. And since there's nothing else to do, we're already writing new material for a next album, which if nothing else happens and we don't have any shows booked, we're probably going to be recording this album sometime in the spring so we can have yeah another batch of songs ready to start promoting them when things start reopening and we are finally able to start touring again. Right on. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I'll definitely get this edited up and send it over to you guys and like I said, if there's anything else you could think of that you want to add in, I'll I'll do that in like the the notes part of the thing. Sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, you mentioned playing in Mexico City for that <clears throat> festival. Would you say that was like the biggest gig you guys have ever got, or you got other big ones as well? No, we we played a handful, maybe like four or five big shows <clears throat> at this point in the yeah. pa- in the past year. I would say. We've played two festivals so far. We also played um, a really big festival, um, did a live stream session for 2020 because they couldn't, like the festival was canceled and we were on that live stream as as well. Uh, We played at a venue that's probably the size of the Anthem, also in Mexico City two years ago, called Plaza Condesa. We played the 930. Uh, We played Blackout like maybe five or six times already. yeah yeah and um but yeah other than that the other shows that we've done in like i don't know like baltimore philly new york have been in like smaller bars we played the fire yeah which is a small bar uh, in philly it's a really cool joint we had a lot of fun there um we played fish at cantina this year as well so yeah as far as like big festivals we've only played three and we're gonna we have a fourth one scheduled for next year. Um, yeah. The 930 was a lot of fun when we got to play there. Um, I bet. Wonderful experience, and we're hoping that we can do that again soon. Um, but, but but you're right. It's not a it's not an easy venue to get into as a as a local band. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, man. I definitely appreciate uh, you coming on and talking absolutely man Um, appreciate the invitation yeah like i said anything i can do to kind of help people's bands out it's actually surprisingly like more convenient than i thought (laughs) (laughs) um yeah when shows do come back around i'll definitely be looking to check you out likewise and like i said um also when you get the new material just hit me up um we can easily throw together a quick podcast to promote it. And I'm also willing to hang out in person, depending on the you know time and place or whatever, if it works out. Absolutely, so, dude. We're definitely uh, down to do that as well. And, and we'll check your band as well. What's the name of your band? It's called The Hollow Truths. Hollow Truths. Um, That's a cool name. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know. I wanted to pay homage to a, a lyricist that I liked and from Philly. But, um, I don't know, it's like alternative 90s sounding rock, I would say. We definitely have, I'm a metal guitarist, but I try to keep it a little tame <laughs> on that end of things. Oh, I hear you, but, man. Yeah. I, I did that I, for I, years. I could send, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun to play metal, but unfortunately it's a little, I don't know, harder to get across these days than it used to be, maybe. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. So, Absolutely, man. But um, so yeah, if you guys are on Spotify uh, or Bandcamp, I'll try yeah, to go look I'll send you a link. Sounds good. And yeah, um, good. I'll just get your email, and I can send you a copy of this episode once I edit it. Should probably be out like next week, and uh, I'll throw a song on there and uh, anything else I can think of, I guess. Perfect. You know? Thanks again, dude. So this was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, just let me know when the, the new stuff's coming out. We'll do another one. We'll do, man. We'll do. Have a great night. All right. See you. Bye. So, yeah, I want to thank Pablo for coming on. The song you're hearing in the background is called Coyote and the Desert Rose. You can find it wherever you listen to music. And uh, other than that, I hope it uh, finds you well. Have a good week. And thanks for listening.
find a better home, I could find a better life. Maybe I'd find a better place to cry. Or maybe I'd find a better place to die.